Are you hungry for more? You know what life has to offer. You sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody. Well, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Here and now. Just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon appetit! Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. This is where we talk all things lifestyle design, the growth mindset, and it is inspired by wellness. I am your host, Allie, and this week we had Alyssa Rocco on from the Handel Group. We had a chat back in April of 2020. I was still staying with my mom at the time, and how the tables have turned since this call, because mid-combo, I talked about how my entire life I've fought off my family telling me I'd be great at real estate, and here I am, about to take my real estate license test next week on August 7th. It's wild what 2020 has done to and for my life despite the circumstances, like being blessed with Benny, the perfect pup I ended up adopting after fostering him, as I mentioned in my last episode with Kate, moving out of Brooklyn and to the Jersey Shore and experiencing life fully and completely on my own as I've always wanted to attempt. I like to do things in spite of my fear, like fear of being completely alone, so that I can get the hell over that fear and confirm or deny what I originally wanted, like finding a man who can join me in making life a little less heavy. But I think there's always something beautiful to come out of facing our fears and this is a huge part of what the Handel Group is trying to teach us. So I love this company. I really, really invite you to take a little dive into what they do and what they offer. But Alyssa and I, in this conversation, we talk about her honest truth about being an addict and in an unhealthy relationship and how she got out of it with a little help from a life coach. We also discuss cleaning out our closet, epigenetics, the 12-step program for addicts, coptuitiveness and what that means, self-trust and personal integrity, and of course, promises and consequences. So, I hope you enjoy. Alyssa, you are yet another Handel Group Coach that I am lucky enough to have been connected with, and I wanted to start off with saying thank you so much for being here. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. This is such a fun opportunity and privilege. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You specialize in bringing the Handel method to individuals with addictions. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Wow. Yes. And the reason for that is because I am an addict and I didn't know I was an addict until I started coaching. So the coaching journey I was on led me to 12 steps. So it's uh, teaching through my own story and my own process of what happened to me is what I care deeply about helping others with. Wow. Yeah. So how do you know to get started in coaching if you didn't even know you were addicted? Yeah, it's a great question. I didn't know, I didn't have that language at the time. When I started coaching, I was in my early 30s 
And I had a pretty successful corporate career at that point. I was working in biotech. I climbed the corporate ladder in quality assurance. I was traveling around the world. I looked fit and happy. And inside, I was miserable. I was empty. Behind the scenes, I was doing all of this abusive behavior. I was, you know, anorexic in my thinking and in my actions. I would work out really hard all week, starve myself so that I could eat and drink whatever I wanted on the weekend. And it was a cycle that I was very used to and very normal for me. So it wasn't like I thought I was an addict. I just thought that I kind of felt empty and numb and wanted to change careers. And that's what started me down the coaching trajectory because fortuitously, I did this one hour session with a life coach. I was at this event. There were discounted coupons. I went and did the session. And it was the first time anybody ever read my writing, read my dream of what I wanted and where I was now and reflected back to me what my thinking was. And what the coach revealed to me was that I was in this relationship with a man and I wasn't happy. He was actually my superior at work. And we were kind of lying about it. It was kind of a sneaky situation. And he was, we were talking about marriage and I didn't want to marry him. And in that moment when she revealed to me what my own mind was saying, I could no longer deny the truth. And that's what started me going, okay, what is this coaching work? And I, I trained to be a coach. I moved to New York and I spent three years coaching people. And what happened was I to the at first i really wasn't a very good coach because i really knew and understood process advice i could give advice but i wasn't living true to it in my own life and so i had to deal with my relationship to my body first and my health but what i kept to myself and what i didn't want anybody to know was how much i obsessed about drinking alcohol and that was my little reward that when i you know successfully finished a week and did all the right things, then I would binge drink. And how much I thought about alcohol and how many times I blacked out with alcohol, I never wanted anyone to know. So finally, it got to a point where I was lying and I was keeping this lie to myself and things started to become unmanageable in my life. And I started messing up and I started getting sloppy. And the founder of the company said, look, we don't know what's going on with you, but something's up with you. And I want you to make a list of your lies, everything you're not saying. And in my list revealed all the times when I had lied about my blackouts and my drinking and my obsessiveness. And I was given an ultimatum to either leave the company because obviously I could not coach people in that way, or I could get sober. And I, you know, actually she opened up her home to me. I, I moved out to Westchester from New York City and I lived with her and her family and took on a different role in the company, but really went into a 12-step program, really got sober, really cleaned up a lot of the things I was lying about because it wasn't just the alcohol. It was, you know, I put myself in a lot of debt when I lived in New York. It was other things as well. And I dealt with all of that really in a deep way. And I can get more into that. But basically, that was my my journey. And so now, so what I realized was that I really couldn't keep a promise to myself with alcohol because I was really lying and hiding. And so when somebody comes to coaching, what we do is we, we really put people into the right actions. 
And those actions are the ones that align with people's dreams, with what they say they want. And so if somebody really can't keep a promise or wants to lie about a promise or sneaky about it, then that starts going, okay, why? What's there? And sometimes if someone's like me and they really are powerless over that vice or that behavior, sometimes it really requires a 12-step program. Sometimes it doesn't. So it depends on the level to which someone is addicted. Like I'm a real alcoholic. So I'm happy to, you know, keep talking about that. That's sort of like the headline. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that information. That's that's amazing. And it's so great when people can admit that to ourselves and others. And I think that's what Handel Group has taught me a lot of so far is just like admitting and, you know, not necessarily lying, but also just not being honest with yourself. Exactly. And we really have a very, like, so no one ever wants to go, I'm a liar, right? Mm. Like nobody wants to admit that truth, but we have a very broad definition of lying. Lying is really just any time where we're, we have a thought that we're not willing to share and say out loud. So it includes omissions. It includes pretending we're nicer than we are. It includes much of the social norms that we've all agreed are okay. We even count those moments as lying, which makes everybody a liar. Not just you, not just me, but our parents, the priest, the cab driver. Because if we can accept that, if we can accept that we do this, then we actually have the ability to change it. But while we're all denying to ourselves even, like I'm not lying like I was with my boyfriend, I did not want to tell the truth that I was unhappy in that relationship because I saw all of my friends get married and they were moving forward, quote unquote, faster than I was. So the the admission of that then had to get me to go, uh-oh, I have to change something. But I hand out what we teach is actually changing it, telling the truth to ourselves, and being willing to change it is how we heal everything. And the minute we do that, we can get the help we need, whether it's 12 steps, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Wow. I also just realized that Lauren took you into her house. Yes. Wow. That's insane. That's so amazing. I love that so much. She is such, she really is an angel. She really is someone who walks her talk. That is why this process is so powerful and effective. Mm. She is always inventing ways to be more and more true to herself. She is, you know, the model for how to be radically honest and true. And that is, she really is my angel. That's above and beyond. That's That's amazing for a boss to be like, just come, come live with us for a while. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but you know, to be honest with you, like, this is something that comes up a lot for me. It's like, I don't want to be honest about, like, I have this, right? I, I, I'm afraid to be honest because I don't want to deal with this. If I told my, my boss no, I was an alcoholic, then he would fire me. Or if I told that guy I'm dating, that I have a problem, then they wouldn't want to date me, right? So there are a lot of the um, theories and beliefs that we tell ourselves as to why we can't be honest in any given situation. And to that, I always say, that when you're honest, the right truth will reveal itself and you will get the help that you need. And you don't necessarily know where it's going to come from. I didn't know what Lauren was going to say. She could have easily 
fired me on the spot. And many people would like, I mean, I was literally lying as a life coach. Like I, I really could have been fired, but she didn't. She did the opposite. So we oftentimes, our minds lie to us. We don't know what somebody else is going to say. And that's sort of a plug for telling the truth and why to tell the truth. And even how to tell the truth is something we do so well at Handel Group. And we even have an online program that helps people do this. So, um, which I can talk about later, but I just wanted to say all that. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So what do you find to be the most common thread between people with addictive personalities? Yeah. So, um, Addiction. So first, just let me say that an addiction is an inability to stop. And you could really go drinking is an addiction. Like if you if you can't stop drinking and you want to, despite the negative consequences. Right. So you can look in drinking, overeating, gambling, sex. And then there's like, you know, like negative thinking, unable obsession about an axe, like there's a whole world where we addictively do something and we cannot stop. Okay. And then for anybody that has those types of behaviors, we're, we're using the vice, the thing, the substance, whatever that is, as a diversion to dealing with ourselves and what we're actually upset and hurt and disappointed and resentful at. Yes. So anybody that's acting out over there is avoiding something that is deeper that they're keeping to themselves and punishing themselves for. Mm. And so if that, so what you really need to do, just like I did was, okay, what am I lying to myself about? What don't I want to admit? Okay. It's a little bit like cleaning out the closet and nobody really, you know, to clean out your closets. Like, I don't want to make a mess. And you're right. It is messy. <laughs> but then if you don't ever clean it out, you can't ever get in there with all the nooks and the cracks and everything that's been piled up underneath. And that's really what needs to get dealt with. Right. So I don't think my listeners are addictive people in terms of substance abuse, But I know that I personally am addicted to sugar and I find it super challenging to go an entire day without any sweets. I don't add any sugar to anything at home because I don't even own it. But have you ever gotten clients who come to you specifically for a sugar addiction? Yeah, it's such a cool question. I love that you asked me that. The answer is no, because in coaching, people come to coaching because either they have a dream that they haven't fulfilled on. So someone who is a successful business owner and they haven't been able to figure out love, right? So there's an area of their life. And at Handel, we teach that there is 12 different areas of your life. Okay, so not just career, but there really is love. There's money, there's health, there's home, there's family. So there's an area that someone hasn't figured out or there's just like a general feeling of like, meh, like... (laughs) Life is working, but it's not that great. Like, it could be better. So because of those things, we have people really start with the dream. What is your dream? And so with the area of health, people are like, well, you know, for me, for example, I wanted a healthy body. I wanted to look fit and sexy and hot. And I wanted 
to be consistent in my food choices. I wanted to have what I was thinking was balance, but basically an ability to eat what I wanted and stop. Okay. And I was able, and so I wasn't doing that. I was going to extremes. And then what we do at Handel, so we get you really clear about that dream and have it be something that is inspiring to you, that moves you. And we have you write it out for one year. So it's a little bit of time to actually take the right steps to do the work in. So I wrote that dream and then I had to go, okay, what are the right promises that align with this dream? And we teach taking action by way of making a promise to yourself Like if you want a healthy body and you're not exercising, as an example, I'm going to tell you, okay, exercise five times a week, three times cardio, two times yoga. And now all of a sudden you have to exercise. If, If food is your thing, the first thing that's going is sugar because we know sugar is 10 times more addictive than cocaine even. Mark Hyman said that who's a doctor of functional medicine, who we love and has done a lot of, you know, science and research on sugar and how our body takes in sugar, right? But I know personally, I'm addicted to sugar too. You know, if I have sugar even a little bit in the morning, my body is so sensitive that I'm hungrier all day long. And it is like this insatiable, this is a, it's a physical insatiable quality it has where I will eat more. Therefore, if somebody is trying to lose weight, have them go on a detox, no sugar, okay? And then I let them have fruit. And if you're like me and you can overeat fruit, I have them put in serving sizes, two servings. And if I want more, I have to eat all my protein first and veggies. So it's very simple. So then we have you make a promise and we have you put in place a consequence, which is an incentive to keep the com- the promise, right? So for me, I eat 14 ounces of protein every day. If I don't, I have to eat extra the next day. That's my consequence. For somebody who likes to be skinny, I have a history of anorexia. I keep that promise. It keeps me in line. And then now I can actually live true to my dream. So that's how we really teach giving up sugar. It's not so much the, we don't go after the sugar addiction. We go after lining you up with your dream and then having rules around your vices. And then if you can't keep your rules or you're lying about your rules, then we're going, okay, let's talk about 12 steps. Like there's something else maybe going on here for you. Right. Which is outside of the scope of coaching. Does that make sense? Definitely. So you're getting to the root of the issue essentially. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Which Handel group coaching method have you found to be the most beneficial in altering addictive behavior? Yeah. So this is a great question. Handel method teaches a couple of really important tools. One is lying and understanding the ways in which we lie to ourselves. So that's The first tool was, okay, even just very simple, make a list of the ways you lie and not just the obvious ways like outright lying, but omission, resentment, things that you felt deeply and haven't said, disappointments, things you're taking in the grave, um, you know, anyone you want to avoid for the rest of your life. So like making a list of that 
actually was number one to go, okay, here's what I really have in my closet. Okay. The next thing that I really love the Handel teaches is understanding your lineage and epigenetics. And epigenetics is the science of emotional DNA. So just like physical DNA, where you have your father's blue eyes or brown eyes, epigenetics teaches that emotional issues like trauma, addiction, cheating, that also is passed through lineage. Therefore, you don't just have your parents' blue eyes, but you have your dad's wandering blue eyes if he was a cheater. (laughs) So understanding that my addiction was not something that I chose. It was something I am here to evolve and learning about my parents and learning about my grandparents and how this is something that came right down the path on both sides of my my history gave me an opportunity to one, have more understanding and compassion for what I am here to evolve because it's deep and it's spiritual. And second, it was something that gave me some relief of like, this isn't my quote unquote fault. This is something that is my mission. And it had me change something that is deep and scary. And there is a lot of taboo around what addiction is like alcoholism, like what that is and what that means into something that is beautiful and service oriented and helps people and really is used in the most beautiful of ways. And so we really teach evolving the dark to the light. So evolving our past trauma and emotional issues into something that heals and serves. And so The process of writing our parent letters, which is something that we really go, okay, here's all the stuff I got from my dad and really owning it and being accountable for it. So not blaming him, but like, okay, here's all the perspective, theories, beliefs, judgments, all of that, that I got. And then really breaking the lineage in honor of the lineage is something that was the most powerful piece of work for me. And we also offer an inner you, our online coaching program that people can really even do themselves just by listening to the audio and hearing the examples. We have some beautiful examples of how to do this. Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's so cool. So I wonder how often our missions stem from that. I wonder if that's for everybody and we just haven't pinpointed our family's trauma, like the specific trauma. I mean, we're all we all recognize we have trauma. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear in society and familial issues. But um, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to get a group, like get a see a study of how many people were guided on focusing in on what that is and then realizing what their personal mission is and how how much life changes for them after they get that information. They're related, right? It's no coincidence my dad is an undertaker. So I grew up with a family where my dad helped people die. And then I saw that and I'm like, I want to help people live so that they can die. Like it, it directly hand in hand informed my path as a life coach. And similarly, understanding my parents and where they came from gave me more perspective and focus and then back to the dream of how I am here to serve. It went straight there. So there is a direct correlation for anyone that is studying and looking for it. 
And that, but the, but the desire to study and look for it and know where to look is not necessarily intuitive. That's why we teach this through inner you. Like that's why, that's what sort of the connecting the dots process we offer to people is. Mm, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is so smart. Oh my gosh. And it's funny you say that because my mom's a realtor and my whole life she's worked really long days uh, has, wasn't really around as much. And she knows all this, you know, this is nothing new. And, um, my parents were separated when I was young, so I didn't really have a parent around too much. I mean, my dad was in town, but you know, I was home alone a lot. And whenever she would talk to me about how I would be such a good realtor and I should work with her one day, and I'm like, hell no, do I want to be a realtor? Do you see the types of hours that you work? Do you see you can't come to any of my lacrosse games? (laughs) Like, no, I want to be around, put food on my kids' table. And I mean, she fed us, but you know, yeah. it was very takeout oriented. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's like, it definitely, even just that and not necessarily like her parents, but, and that's guided, that's set my path. I mean, my whole life, my only why that I really knew was I want a happy and healthy family. And then I realized I need to be happy and healthy. And what does that mean for me? And, Mm -hmm. and I want to be around and have Mm -hmm. a flexibility and, you know, the freedom. Mm -hmm. So that's always just like the only thing I've ever known. Mm -hmm. And that instructed your mission, which is what like, so, and then tell me how it related. Yeah. So that's something I still need to work through, I think. Um, But definitely to, I mean, it's always been have a healthy, happy and healthy family and help people. And it was always just like, well, how, 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 how? And that's been the journey of figuring that out. And um, I'll get there. (laughs) But I, I do like to believe that with this podcast, at least I'm sharing people's stories and helping people just see other stories, but relate and resonate and then be able to see that in themselves and kind of like spark a fire in them. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the moment I, that's the thing. I feel like it's always changing. So I guess you're you're living true to it right now by inspiring all the people, all your listeners. Yeah. Thank you. And even just like, I want to help podcasters, or people that want to have a podcast because that's something tangible that I can help people with. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I can always find a good why for to enjoy what I'm doing yeah. um, or like try. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, podcasting is not hard to enjoy for me. That's, that's a piece of cake. But mm-hmm. um, I would love to help people share their voice and their stories or help share other people's stories through something that they love doing like I'm doing. So I think that's a fun mission for now. <laughs> I love it. So cool. Yeah. Is there a quick mantra or mentality shift that works well with addictions? So the first answer is no. I mean, there – well, let me see. Because say. that would be like a Band-Aid. It would be a Band-Aid. For people who, for people who really are addicts, like cannot stop – despite wanting to and trying, there's 12 steps. And 12 steps really have lots of different mantras, one day at a time. So there's like ways to train your mind to keep you on a path, okay? So there's that, definitely. And then 
in the handout method, what we teach is promise and consequence. So for example, I used to smoke. When I lived in Italy in college, I had like, you know, two packs a, a day. Whoa. And then when I, <laughs> I really am an addict. When I, when I want something, I, I don't, I don't have an off button. It's like not, you know, for most things I'm all in. And in some ways that's awesome when it's in the right direction. And when it's in the wrong direction with a vice, that's not awesome. And so for smoking, for example, when I, when he gave up alcohol, all of a sudden sugar was right there. Like you're people who are, have addictive personalities like I do. Okay. You give up one addiction and then another one pops up right there to serve its place. And so smoking came up for me and I said, this is not cool. I can't just go around smoking. Like what? That doesn't make sense. So I gave myself a promise where I would have one pack of cigarettes a year. Okay. My consequence, if I went over that one pack, I owed my friend Danny $300. Okay. The minute that I wanted, now I'm an addict, right? So I finished my pack of cigarettes at Burning Man and I'm like, I would really love another cigarette. (laughs) Except I, the other thought in my head was I owe my friend Danny $300. And I, and because I built a relationship to myself and my word of keeping a promise, I honor that. So that is something if you're like, but I made promises and I haven't kept them. And most people have, that also is the journey in why NRU makes such a difference, which is our online coaching program, because it teaches you how to make and keep a promise to yourself, which is the key to making any dream happen. So because I have that consequence and I know I have to pay my friend Danny $300 and that's not easy for me to come by, I didn't smoke that cigarette. So the consequence is an awesome way to change your dialogue because the problem is that we are people that respond immediately to reward. And so if we don't have a reason why not to do something in the moment, we will. Why not? Right? I could easily justify three more cookies after I had two because I already broke my promise anyway. So it's like all bets were off. So having a consequence where if I eat five more cookies, I lose sugar for 90 days, which is what I have right now. That instantly is like, I'm not going there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, and people go, well, that's so rigid. I've been accused of being rigid. <laughs> and um, I think, and it, so there is, tr- like, I, I think there is truth to that, right? Like, I, I am, and and so what I've had to learn is how to be rigid in the right ways for my dream, right? Because I could be rigid around stuff that doesn't matter, and that way it's a negative, it's like I'm punishing myself. So having in place the right promises where I'm like, okay, this is the right rule that aligns with my dream and is, is, has integrity, has truth for me. 
is the right way because then I could go, yeah, it's rigid, but having rules like that gives me the freedom because then I don't have to be in my mind all day about when I'm going to get my sugar, how I'm going to get my sugar, how many I'm going to have, which ones am I going to have? And then after I have the sugar, oh, I shouldn't have had so much. Why did I do that? I didn't need that many. Now I feel like shit. Now I have to sit here. And what was the point? All of that is not freedom. That is what comes from not managing our actions is the craziness in our mind. Therefore, you put the right promise in place with a consequence. It shuts all that up. Yeah, I totally relate to the whole you give yourself a little bit of freedom to eat something like a like you open up a little thing of ice cream and instead of putting it in a bowl, you just eat from it and then you just keep going and you're like, okay, I'm halfway through already. And then later on, you're like, why did I do that to myself? And it that's punishment in itself is like overeating all of that and feeling like crap. Exactly. Feeling bad is our crack. Like it really, we're addicted to feeling bad. And Lauren has really beautiful way of explaining this because integrity, what integrity teaches is I said I would do X plus I do X. Integrity. Doing that all the time is very hard, right? Because we either go there or we are like, I said I would do X. I said I'll have one scoop of ice cream. I had five. Okay, I said I'd do X. I do Y. No integrity. We don't like the feeling of no integrity. So what we do as human beings is we we live in these other two equations, right? I said I would do X plus I did Y plus I have an excuse. Equals it's not my fault. Because now it's the excuse's fault. So notice how we transfer responsibility to something other than ourselves, which gets us the thing we wanted in the first place. How convenient. Mm -hmm. This doesn't feel good either. So then we have a fourth equation that we live in, which is I said I would do X, plus I did Y, plus I have an excuse, plus I feel bad. The feeling bad gets you off the hook and gets you justified in doing the thing you wanted to do anyway, which is eat however money ice cream you wanted. Okay. And so if you go, well, what's the truth? The first two equations are the truth, right? I said I would not eat ice cream and I didn't. Yay. I said I would not eat ice cream and I did, but nothing else is happening. There's no emotionality. So by putting in place the consequence, you short circuit all of that emotional sabotage and feeling bad, which P.S. is why people don't believe in themselves, why people don't think they can ask their boss for more money or a raise or want to go for a dream that's beyond what they could have wanted. It's That is the worst thing we could possibly do to ourselves. So instead of all that feeling bad, we just live in the truth, which is I did it. It didn't do it. Pay the consequence. Now you have integrity restored. Now you go back to learning what you need to learn and keep moving. Mm, yeah, Annette, that's such an amazing point of the whole why the whole reason why people are afraid to ask for a raise because self-trust is what you're saying? Exactly. I feel like I need to be on a mission to just explore self-trust. <laughs> I think that's oh my, my mission. <laughs> Then which is why you're you're on that mission if you're interviewing all of our coaches. <laughs> I feel that way. I really do. Where and then if you're in inner you, you're like, oh my, this is the work in inner you. It's exactly laid out every single thing that you need. Yeah, because I feel like I've had this path of people who 
more so on a professional level of not trusting me. Yeah. You know, and my mom always blamed the fact that I look so young and naive and, you know, my first impression isn't really, it's not a bad first impression. It's just not a professional, mature first, first impression. Yeah. And so she's always blamed it on that, but maybe it's all this self-trust talk and that I don't have it. And so it's being portrayed across as that way. Yes. So we teach you are the author of your life, which means that how we think about ourselves, what we're saying up here in our minds and what we're doing about it is what gives us the experience of our life because the world is always mirroring back how we think and feel. So if I'm like, in my mind, I'm an idiot, I'm not smart, like all the things. I mean, I've said all of the nasty things one can say to themselves. As an addict, a lot of what my addictive behavior was from, like is very, addiction is very isolating because what happens is that you have a lie that you can't say out loud. So you're stuck with yourself in your own mind, believing all of your inner dialogue. And all my inner dialogue was negative about me. And it wasn't true. It was just, I was doing the wrong actions. I wasn't living true to my dreams. So the process of making a promise and keeping it over time is where confidence and pride and self-respect comes from. Because if you say, I'm going to get up for the next month at six o'clock and you do it, you look back and you're like, that fucking rocked. Was it easy? No, but you overcame the obstacles and got the reward. And that's on the very basic level. But you think about that on the bigger level, right? Where I'm going to raise $25,000 or I'm going to cause a movement or I'm going to cure COVID. And then if you already have your trust built at the lower level, because you keep promises to yourself on the basics, it's much easier to go, I can do that because I know I've done it over here. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, because actually 2019 was my word, my year of commitment. And that was a hard one because committing to anything was always daunting. And Mm. so I committed to the podcast and and I, for the first three months, I was in this morning accountability group at 5 a.m. virtually. So, and I'm not a morning person whatsoever. (laughs) Not easy for you. It was not easy at all. But I, for the most part, I did it. There were some days where I was like, nah, nope, not today. And, um, but for the most part I did. And I feel like that's how I got my podcast up and running as quickly as I did. And it's amazing. And then I feel like that's from those first three months of the year set me up for so much success of the, the rest of the year of being able to stay committed to what I say I was going, what I said I was going to do, which at first it was weekly. And then I was like, okay, you know, and then you have to understand and know yourself enough to know it's not that I can't do it. It's that this isn't good for me to keep up on a weekly podcast while working full time, trying to go to the gym, see my friends, see my family and, you know, live a life and stay healthy. And so then it was like, okay, every other is better. And it, and so I was able to be sustainable because I chose that route, but committing and trusting myself. And then, you know, 40 episodes later, just about, it's so insane. I've never stuck to anything for so long. So it really, yeah, I didn't have, I wish I knew about promises and consequences though. But for me, it was just like, I have a deadline. That's it. I have a yeah. deadline. I said I was going to do it and I'm going to do it. 
Yeah, it, which is which is awesome. Like sometimes it really does just take a, a mission that you're so connected to and committed to. And then the the only thing I'd say about that is then people are like, uh-oh, but what if I fall back into my old ways, yeah. right? Which in your case, it was more of a conscious choice, which is great. That makes sense. Things happen. So promises are not supposed to be forever. They are supposed to align with your dream for a period of time to get you to practice and move you. And then they really are meant to be reevaluated. And the thing about a consequence in being able to keep it is you, you know, if you ever fall back off, like for me, I'm like, okay, I can eat sugar, but then, or smoke cigarettes, for example. But then if I started smoking all the time again, I would put the consequence back in place. So it's like, okay, if I don't get up at 5.30, five days a week, I lose my coffee that morning, or I go for a 6 a.m. run the next day. And the minute you put in place a consequence, you're back on track. So you never have to have that fear of falling off the wagon or slipping back into your old ways because you know that integrity trumps behavior. That's great. I love that. Integrity trumps behavior. That's awesome. I love all of this so much. Yay! I know. So good. So moving on. Yeah. What's your favorite life hack? My favorite life hack is um, there's two. One is coptuitiveness. This is a word that um, Lauren's husband, I think, coined. But it's the quickest way to short circuit a fight. Okay. And the the quickest way is to own something, own your behavior. Okay. So if there's a disagreement with two parties, it generally is because someone is making a point or someone is there, you're fighting about who's right. And then the quickest way to short circuit the fight is to own your trait. And it doesn't need to mean that your point is wrong. It just means that your behavior in that moment is what's causing the disagreement. So the minute you can go, okay, I was, I'm being a jerk. Time out. I'll come back in 10 minutes. That is the best way to handle any type of disagreement. And then the other really cool hack I like is called the freak flag, which is that there are things about you and there are things about me that aren't changing, that are kind of weird and a little freaky, right? Like, the fact that in my family, which is Italian, and everybody eats, and everybody drinks, and everybody does all the things that are like partying and fun, and you know, that's what they do. And then I am a freak in that I weigh my food, and I don't drink, and I don't make myself stay in dinner table for hours and hours when I don't want to. Like there's just quirky stuff about me. That is not changing. And by owning that and letting people understand that's who I am, it doesn't mean anything personal about them. But like, here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to be weighing my food. I'm not going to eat the same thing as everybody else. And this is why having a conversation around the fact that that's my freak flag and I'm proud of it and waving it lets people know how to be with me and deal with me. And it doesn't mean that they have to feel weird or uncomfortable because they're eating something different or drinking something different. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I had another um I had another episode and the women brought up a freak flag and I was like, that is the best. I love that. Yeah, it really lets gives you permission to be true to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I'm learning 
lately uh, that when you hold shame onto something, when you like somehow find a way to release your shame on that thing and, and take ownership, like you mentioned of it, then you can't even feel shameful anymore. I mean, you can't like, there's no embarrassment attached to it. Shame is let go because that's you and you're proud. <laughs> that's exactly. Great. It's amazing. It's so cool how people study these things. Like Brene Brown is very big and, you know, shame and vulnerability and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I just love how somebody can take their whole career and focus on like a couple of words and just dig into the human psyche about it. It's so fascinating. And that's why I feel like self-trust, like I need to learn every piece of this puzzle because I feel like that's the only way we're going to get what we want from life. It's a big personal integrity, which is where self-trust comes from, which is the alignment of our thoughts and our actions with our highest values, our dreams. That is what we teach. And we teach that by making and keeping a promise to yourself. So the way to have self-trust, which is something that like, so, so the practice of making and keeping a promise is what builds self-trust, right? So it's like self-trust is really never something that you have it's something that you earn moment to moment because you make choices that align with your highest values. Hmm. I grew up being best friends with dancers for some reason, and I was never a dancer myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a yogi now. I love yoga, but I it was, I was more of like a sports team kind of gal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, But all my dancer friends were always, I feel like, just on their shit. Mm. And I wonder if it's because dance teaches such an extreme level of of dedication and commitment and I don't know, showing up and doing the work. Like there's must be something about that because I feel like dancers specifically from my observations are just they just trust mm. themselves and not even to a point of recognizing that they have self-trust, but they just that's how they live their lives. Yeah. I mean, what I've discovered is that when having something, anything that you love, having something that you love teaches us about care and it teaches us about integrity because when we find something that we love and we're willing to do anything for it, like practice every single day, right? That is what we're talking about, which is where even if you don't feel like it, even if your mind is like, no, I can do it tomorrow. You do it because you naturally love that thing, right? So it might be dance, but it might be playing the piano. It might be, you know, playing the guitar. It might be language. It might be like whatever your thing is that you love, it needs to be put into practice. It's like an art. It's something that needs to get cultivated and it teaches integrity in a really beautiful way. And it's natural because you love it already. So then to go, oh, how am I going to love the man that I've been with for 15 years and I have a list on, right? We're, we're like things, you know, like then you have to do the work. Once something like what's a love naturally dissolves, which it usually does in many ways, it's much easier to understand how to go have that relationship and have to take the actions because we have the natural relationship to loving something over here. Does that make sense? 
Yes. So are you saying that the natural love to something usually fades and then it's and then it's the promises and consequences that exactly. bring us back into love with that? Exactly. Yes. The integrity of needing to show up still. But I would say that like that natural, the natural like love that we have, sometimes it doesn't fade. Like in some things it doesn't fade like dance or, you know, for me it was dance always. And that moment of like when it's natural and easy and the integrity naturally exists, it teaches us integrity, which we can then apply to the areas of our life where integrity does not come so naturally. Mm. A promise and a consequence. Yeah, fair. Do you have any helpful strategies or something you do regularly to keep track of your finances on a personal level? I have a budget and I have, um, so first I have a dream. And my dream around money is um, what I want to help do with it. So like really growing my, like really being able to bring it in and command it and uh, grow inside of it and using it for those reasons is something that, you know, my dream informs around decision. So I have my dream and then I have the promises that align with my dream. So I have a budget my year of how much I need to, based on my income, how much I need to save and what I what I can spend on vacation. So I design a budget based on the dream. And then I have promises on a weekly basis and on a daily basis that get me to act in alignment with that and look at my money. The main thing with money is you got to look at it. What are your numbers? Which most people don't want to do, but it's important. Just like the number on the scale, you need to know what your numbers are to go up or down the scale. Right. Is there something in the Handel Group method that talks about all that with finances? Yes. Area of life is money is an area of life. And so in NRU, which is our online coaching program, this is an area that you'll really get clear about in terms of how to dream and then how to actually make promises that align with your dream. Perfect. What is your relationship like with spirituality and religion stemming from childhood to now? I love this question and it's so deep. (laughs) Everybody says that. Okay. So I will tell you that spirituality is an area of life and how we define spirituality is we don't. It's really up to you. So when I was a child, spirituality was defined for me. I grew up in a Catholic religious household where God was very much like something to be feared. Like I thought of God as like kind of outside of myself and I prayed for forgiveness every night before bed. And that was my definition of spirituality. I had a relationship with God, but it was fear-based. And then what I discovered through all of the work that I've done in having my own dream for spirituality and 12 steps is that I can define God and God is something that God is love. God is the universe that is always self-organizing and self-correcting God is in me. So it's a very different relationship to God. I see God as my higher self and, and the force that is guiding me and protecting me and keeping me safe. And then the promises that I have that align with that is every morning I wake up and I meditate and I pray and I turn my mind over to God and say, okay, what am I supposed to think and do? How do you want to use me today? 
And that really helps me have the right perspective going through the day. And then if I get caught in indecision or I don't know where to go or I'm not sure, I always reach out for help. I always ask somebody and God works through other people for me. So many times I will have a miracle, which is really like a shift in thinking where somebody will give me something that I had been looking for, but the answer isn't in my own mind. So God very much works through other people and through my experience. And then at the end of the day, I really close my day with, okay, anything that I am lying about, anything I'm hiding, any what are my promises I had for the day? And then I pray and I say thank you, right, for everything that I was given that has always guiding me and showing me the way forward. I love that. That's beautiful. I love the perspective of finding God or the universe through other people, because it's so true that our connections and our relationships, and we're noticing that way more now during COVID and this pandemic and self-isolation, that our relationships are so meaningful, powerful, and integral. Integral. (laughs) How do you say that? I don't even know. I fuck up that word every time. I totally, you're right. They are. It's all connected. Yeah. So anytime that something like this happens in the universe, it forces us to go, uh, why am I here? What am I here to do and provide? So it forces us to go spiritual and go deep, which I think is the cause of why we're in the middle. Obviously, I'm not saying that it's ideal and there are a lot of people who are hurting and suffering in this moment, but to go, okay, what, what can I do in this moment and really be that change that you want to see in the world, that's the spirituality part of it. Yeah, definitely. What are some examples of activities you do to enhance your well-being? I dance. Dance is the way I escape my mind. I'm not thinking when I'm dancing, I'm dancing. And that is a very important thing for me. It's an important place for me to go. Also connecting with friends. I started a woman's group two years ago and the evolution of that really like having girlfriends. The reason why I started it was because I realized that I did not have deep relationships with women in my life and I wanted that. And so I brought, I didn't even have the people. I brought the idea to my best friend and she fortunately had a lot of girls who wanted to partake in this with us. And we have started this woman's group that we, you know, meet on a monthly basis and we go deep and we get real with each other and we take on little challenges and we, we have a blast. So that's another way that I really, um, have my, have get my light and my source from. So I really love being with friends, being with people, dancing, hanging out at the park, talking, like all of that is beautiful and what I use to nourish my spirituality. And then for anybody who's in a 12-step program, recovery and meetings and all of that is also something that is something I do and very important. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that, what you said, with that you created something out of your need for it. Yes. And I feel like a lot of the times that's where things are actually done. You know, that's where, that's the place where a lot of things are actually made. And when, when people actually make things happen, because I know for me, I was having great conversations with people at the time I started this, I was a building manager for a co-working space. But Mm. before that I traveled the world and I was having amazing conversations with everybody and so deep and such awesome conversations. And even in the lobby at the, 
as a building manager, I was having really interesting, awesome conversations. And my roommate would, who was from Europe, he would have people visiting and they were from overseas or something. And that was usually my time to have deep, meaningful conversations. And because mm-hmm. it's not a common thing that New Yorkers are just people in the States. I don't know. It's not as readily available or wasn't as yeah. I wanted it to be. And I wanted it to be more frequent. So that's where this kind of came from was like, okay, so I'm going to put that business idea on hold because that's not happening for me right now anyway. And yeah. I feel like I'm forcing that, but the conversations like, that's what I want. And that's what fuels me. And so that's how I started this. And I love that you said that about your women's group. Awesome. And back to epigenetics and back to mission. This is all, it's all in that vein because we have the need from our lineage and where we came from and then to channel that into what how we are here to help is something that is really uh powerful yeah interesting I just had like this light bulb pop off in my head actually because my grandmother yeah she grew up at a really weird time you know and her parents were very strict she and her brother were barely allowed to leave the house. They were stuck at home. They had a ridiculously strange childhood because they could only hang out with each other. Mm. And I, I mean, we haven't even, we don't even know that much because when we try to ask her about her childhood, she cries. So Mm. she doesn't, she can't even really talk about it. And um, then I realized I don't, I mean, I know my mom's world wasn't, you know, was still kind of strange as a child and, but she still had freedom a little bit more freedom than her mom did. And then I had so much freedom. I didn't take advantage of it. My sister might've, but I mean, you know, but then it's just like community and community is like number one for me. Yes. Um, Yeah. And that's solving your grandmother's problem. Yeah. And like family units. And that's so important to me. And that makes so much sense now. (laughs) So cool. Yeah. Thank you for working through that with me. (laughs) (laughs) is there a daily or weekly habit that you have that is a non-negotiable in your lifestyle um I treat emotional health and practices for emotional health same health same as physical health so I would never you know go out of the house without brushing my teeth right in the morning and I treat meditation and prayer the same way there I don't start my day without prayer and meditation and writing. So those three things and the writing I do is for 12 steps. Um, but you know, even journaling or, you know, purge, like whatever you need in the morning, but all of those I feel are essential and the same as brushing your teeth. That's so wise because I think I've been considering that I need meditation to be one of my promises daily. And it's, yeah, I mean, I got to figure out a good consequence for it, but it, I can't, what? No coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's a That's good idea. Funny. It's so funny. Like how, you know, it's a good consequence is when someone goes, <laughs> yeah. Keep it. So if you're not willing to keep it, like trick, I that was what I used to, yeah. to teach myself to meditate. And I got tea if I didn't, which still gave me caffeine, but was not nearly as enjoyable as coffee for me. I'm a coffee lover. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah, that is smart because then it's like, then you probably meditate in order to have your coffee that morning, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. All right. Yeah, I kind of like that one actually. Thank you. It's good idea to try a promise for, for 30 days, right? If you're like on the fence about it, put it in for 30 days and see what the real results give you. You might decide you don't like it, but you might decide you do. Right. I mean, I've been meditating because my friend has been doing Instagram lives during all of this and yeah. they've been a game changer. I know that the the two days that I didn't do it were yeah. some of my worst days. <laughs> so I know that it's important to do for myself and pretty much everyone on here that comes on here talks about how meditation has changed their lives. So yeah. It's just like a big slap in the face that it, it's my turn. <laughs> I need to Wait, hop on can, board. Can we get you to make a promise about it? Yeah. Six days a week? Like six days a week you're meditating or you lose your coffee that day? Yes. Let's do it. Woohoo! 30 days. Okay. Thank you. So the coffee that you don't get is that day that you don't do it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then so one day. So like if you forget, let's say. Right. And you're like, oh, I made it through my whole day and I didn't meditate, but I had my coffee. Uh oh. Lose your coffee the next day. Okay. Understood. What is it you do that helps you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago? Um promises, p- prayer and meditation. It like and through that a relationship to my life, like through to my dreams. And to God, as I've defined him, like all of that came from the journey I went on, which is really a journey of how to be true to myself and move forward. And all of that confidence that's built through making and keeping a promise is something I didn't have five years ago. And we'll keep working so that in five years from now, I'll be in a completely different place. And you'll be like, well, what was it? And I'm like, promises and consequences. Like, <laughs> the same thing, same tool. Yeah, I'm so psyched to have finally learned this. Yes. So grateful. What do you do for fun with your off time? Same, I think, as earlier. Like, really dancing is something that's huge for me. But, like, just actually, and then mindless entertainment. Like, I really like Netflix. I like shows. I like movies. I like going to the movies. Mm. Um, So all of those things are fun for me. Dating is also something that I'm looking for my person. So I'm very much in the process of dating. And um, our program for Inner You called Inner You Love has really helped me to go deeper in my own patterns and who I pick and has given me a lot of helpful perspective in the men that I date and really great tips for how to date smart and not just go on bad dates, but go on dates with the right men. So that's been something that I know is kind of like, really, you do that and you're fun. But actually, it's I would have never told you five years ago that dating was fun and dating is now fun for me. That's so nice. Yeah. I, I go through phases of thinking it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. You go through waves. Lastly, is there anything you wish we spoke about something I didn't ask or something intuitive that you would like to share with us? Um, I think that, You know, I I spoke about promises and consequences, but I also want to say that, like, the journey 
like my whole journey of how to be true to myself and outing anything I lied about is exactly the journey I was meant to go on that to 12 steps and having a relationship with God and spirituality and changing radically how I thought about spirituality and getting me my friends. Like, so it wasn't just the tool of like, Promises and consequences is sort of like the elliptical machine at the gym. Like the a tool was great, but the journey to having a dream and really telling the truth about that dream and getting help and asking for help was absolutely what led me in all the best ways and gave me the best perspective as I moved through some really challenging, crazy, traumatic moments. And so I just care deeply about people having the right tools to do the work of their life in a way where they enjoy their life and live beyond what they ever thought was possible into something radical and beautiful and gorgeous. And this is what we give people through the work in inner you, which is our life coaching program. And it really is 12 sessions, like with a coach, except everything is audio and you get the workbook and you get a private coach. So you get all of the things that you need to design your life. And then separately from that, we even have, we have a program on love, career and education, but love for anybody who's looking for the one or trying to keep the one and be happy with the one. This is the program which really teaches that. So I just, I want to let people know, especially because right now we're giving it for half off, I, especially to your audience. They can use the coupon code of WellNY75 and receive 50% off. And that is, you know, something we, we, we are giving it away at that special rate because of the moment we're in in the world where it's easy to go to a dark place of fear and denial and, you know, self-preservation instead of rising to the occasion and using this to reinvent and rebuild and come out stronger. And that's something where community and tools and support is critical. Amazing. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here. Where can we find you and how can we support you? Thank you so much. So you can absolutely find us at Handel Group is the international life coaching and executive consulting company I work for. Alyssa at HandelGroup.com is my direct email. So you can send anything you need to me directly and then interview.coach. And we'll have this for you in the show notes with the coupon code is the online program that I was speaking to about how to design your life online. Thank you so much. This was so lovely having you. I'm obsessed with all these conversations with you Handel group coaches. and <laughs> It's just so rewarding. And I, and I love walking away with new strategies and tools. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was so much fun. I had a blast with you. I, I'm so thrilled. Thank you for doing the work in the world that you do. Thank you. Welp, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, listening, giving me your ear, your time, your attention, your love, your... All of the things that you are providing me with and us being Alyssa. 
on this call for this chat. I really appreciate you. Please rate and review, subscribe, whatever you want to do. A review is really the best. It's like the token in a game to win. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's a really horrible metaphor, honestly. Um, yeah. No, scratch that. <laughs> Just do what you got to do to leave a little love. Thank you so much. Um, Alyssa, thank you for your time. This was so much fun. And your patience because it came out months later. My, how life has changed since then. And um, I hope for you listening that you're finding a little bit of something here and there in your life that has improved a little bit or significantly or has done a complete 180 um, during this time. Because I know that it, while it's not easy, uh, a lot of things have been changing in, you know, a good way, unfortunately, for the larger picture. Um, but at the end of the day, if you can find a little bit of light in the darkness, then, then we're almost there, I think. I don't know. Who knows? Nobody fucking knows. And that's the truth. Just do what you can to get through, get by, and have a little bit of fun while doing it. Use code WELLANDY75 if you would like to sign up with InnerU and their coaching program. I highly suggest it. The content is fabulous, obviously. I actually also wanted to mention briefly, I did enforce the meditation before coffee rule that we talked about in this episode, but I only do it Monday through Friday on days where I wake up at home and have my typical morning, and it's lovely, I gotta say. So thank you, Alyssa. Um, yeah, I've definitely fallen off the wagon with some of my promises and consequences ever since moving, but my bedtime still 10.30, is now at 10.30. If I get into bed after 10.30, then yeah, then I gotta do push-ups. And, and I end up doing them, not usually right away because I forget until like midday, but it's so hard to remember all these things, but we can do it. And this is what accountability buddies are for. Thank goodness for morning momentum that I have going on. Um, at the moment, it's just a couple of us, which has been pretty lovely. And Maya, shout out to Maya. She, we are now not only morning accountability buddies, but also workout accountability buddies. So if you want to join us, it's $15 a month. All, 100% of the proceeds goes to a charity of some kind. And um, yeah, let me know. Thank you for listening. I love you. Ta-ta for now.